Would you stand in reverence as we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. May these words lead us to the heart of God. So in the very first verse we read, it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord, and Lord is in all capital letters. Then in the next part of that same verse, the word of the Lord, again in all capital letters, was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. Just a footnote of sorts, that when you're reading in an English Bible and you see the word Lord with all capital letters, it means more than just an emphasis on Lord. What is being translated there are the letters Y-H-W-H, which is how the special name of God is written in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's the name being represented that Moses has received at the burning bush when God is calling him, and he says, I need to know who's calling. And God responds with, I am, or I will be who I will be. And so in English, we get Lord in all capital letters, but in the Hebrew, you get Y-H-W-H. Now, in English, in some of the translations where they use that, they also add vowels, so they add an A and an E, so you have Y-A-H-W-E-H, or Yahweh, in the text. But whenever you see it as Lord in all capitals, you'll know it's Yahweh. They're talking about the special God that the Hebrews have come to know as their God, but not just their God, they've come to believe this is the one true God, the creator of the universe, our creator, the one who calls us and guides us and lives with us. Now also, sometimes 
The word for God in Hebrew is El, just E-L. That's also a reference to God, but usually just translated as God. Or sometimes in the text, it's Elohim. That also is just another word for God. But we could read it that way in verse 1. Once we know that, now the boy Samuel was ministering to Yahweh, their special God under Eli. The word of Yahweh was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. The obvious question then is why was the word of Yahweh rare? Why were there no visions? It's as if God is not speaking. But if we look back in this book, 1 Samuel, we have a different answer than that God has somehow removed God's self. We'll just read one verse there in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord or for the duties of the priest to the people. So here's the situation. Eli's the head priest, but he's aging. He's retiring in place, if you will, but he's not yet dead. But he said to his sons, you all lead the people, prepare for worship, be the priest. But it tells us right there in the text, they were not good at this. They were scoundrels. So things are falling apart. And it's easy when we read something like that, at least for me, to think dirty, rotten scoundrels, how could they do such a thing? How could they not listen to God? Until I think about my own life. And know there have been seasons in my life I wasn't listening quite as closely, where I wasn't necessarily seeking to follow God. And so before we judge them too harshly, it pays some dividends, I think, in our own lives to look inside, to think about our own life and how well we have listened or responded to God. Charles Allen was one of the great Methodist preachers of the last century, led the largest church in Methodism at that time, First Church Houston. Dr. Biggs served with him there. He told a story that I remembered this week. Talked about a man who was traveling on a train. It's the dead of winter. He gets to his destination. He gets off the train and looks across the platform, and there's all these people walking and none of them have on shoes. He catches the first guy's attention that he can. And he says, why is everyone barefoot? And the guy looks dumbfounded. He says, well, that is the question. And wanders away. The man walks outside, opens the door. The cold winter wind is blowing. The snow is coming down. And he looks outside and all these people are walking and no one has on shoes. And he grabs another fellow and says, why is everyone barefoot? And the man says, hmm, that is the question. That's a very good question. And then walks on his way. About then a third guy comes up and stands next to him. He looks down. This guy's barefoot too. And he says, why are you barefoot? Have you never heard of shoes? And the man looked surprised, and he said, oh, no. Look right over there on the corner, that beautiful building. That's our shoe factory. We're so very proud of it. We make wonderful shoes here. And the man says, then, 
why is everyone barefoot? The man kind of scratches his head and says, that is the question. Now, it sounds absurd, maybe even stupid when we hear the story. But if we apply it to our faith, it can be very revealing, I think. Because we all know where the church is. We have all heard of God. We all know something of God. We have all heard of prayer. But how often do we ignore God? How often do we fail in our spiritual practices? I know there are days that go by that I don't stop to listen for God. Maybe you found yourself in the same kind of situation. Why is that? That is the question. In our text today, though, it says, so the word of Yahweh was rare in those days because the priests were not listening. We can judge them, or we can think about the own, our own times and our own lives when we were not listening for God. But in this story... Someone is listening. The young man, Samuel, is listening. He hears his name called Samuel, Samuel. And he goes in to hear what's going on. But it's helpful to know that this young boy has been born from Hannah. You read Hannah's story in the first two chapters of this book. It says that Hannah was a faithful woman, but she wanted nothing more than to be a mother. But for years she was barren. She prayed to God over and over for a child. Finally, she says to God, if you would but give me a male child, I would dedicate him to the Lord forever. I would dedicate his life to you so that he might serve the Lord. That's where we began to read today. She's had this child. She's dedicated him to the Lord. She's taken him to Eli, the head priest, and said he is here to serve the Lord. Train him in the way that he should go. So where we began to read today, Samuel is living with Eli. And one night, he hears his name being called. Samuel, Samuel. He thinks it's Eli. He gets up and runs into the old man. He said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. A second time, he hears his name, Samuel. He thinks it's Eli. He gets up. He goes in to his mentor and says, here I am. He said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. A third time, Samuel, Samuel. He goes to Eli. Eli realizes something more is going on. He perceives that Yahweh, the Lord, is calling the young boy by name. He says, next time, next time, go lay down. Next time you hear Yahweh calling, you don't come talk to me. You simply say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Yahweh. Your servant is listening. The boy goes back to bed, lies down. The text says God comes and stands close and calls his name. 
And now the boy is listening. He's ready to respond. And he says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Have you ever sensed God calling your name? Have you ever sensed God prompting you? To do something or to respond in some way. You've ever felt that nudge or that tug to move and you resisted or ignored. It happens to so many of us. It happens so often. I was talking to a member of our congregation just this week. She was telling me about her life. She said years ago she had this sense that God was calling her maybe into ministry, maybe to go to seminary. She thought about it and thought, I don't think God's calling me. So she didn't go. Again, later in her life, she feels this call again. She thinks about going to seminary. She thinks maybe God's calling me into ministry. But then she looks at herself and thinks, not me. God wouldn't be calling me. And now here we are again, later in her life. She's sensing God calling her again. This time she's applied to seminary. She'll be enrolling in classes soon, I think. I would say she's in a new place. Not just hearing, but listening to God's call and ready to respond. And there's this shift that goes on for people who respond to the call of God to go into full-time ministry. Where so often people are asking God, bless me, bless mine, bless what I'm doing, help me Lord. That's a fine prayer, but a shift that takes us deeper begins to not ask God to bless what we're doing but to ask God what God wants us to be doing. God, show me what you want me to do. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Almost every morning I have some time. I call my devotional time where I read scripture. I pray. I often journal. Sometimes I add questions to help me focus, to help me listen for God better. I put some of them in your outline. Sometimes I ask myself, what am I grateful for today? Or what am I motivated to do today? Sometimes I ask, what is God's will for me today? Other times I ask, God, are you prompting me to do something today? And then I really try to listen. Most days, there's no great revelation or response from God, and I go on with my day. But there's that occasional time where I'm asking those questions, and I feel a prompting to call someone or to follow up on a ministry task, or I get an inspiration or an insight or a vision of something I think God wants me or wants us to do. The questions aren't magic, but it puts you in a place to listen for God. It puts your focus in the right place to hear and listen. It opens your heart. If you're asking God, what do you want me to do? What's your will for me? It opens your spiritual life in a new way when you're able to ask that question. 
I've just found in my own life and lots of people who I've talked to over the course of decades of ministry who tell a similar story about hearing or sensing God calling but holding back out of fear or confusion or distraction rather than responding like the text suggests we respond speak lord your servant is listening or i'm ready lord show me the way there's three quick lessons here i just want to mention that we get from this story that i think could help us before we leave today the first one is proximity i put these in your outline we get this from the story that Samuel, see that Samuel, child of God, Samuel is in the right place. The text tells us he's in the temple. Hannah, his mother, is taking him to the temple. He's sleeping close to the ark of God, which represented for the Hebrews the very presence and power of God with them. So he's in the right place. He's drawing close to God. Second is his position, where he's positioned himself, helped with by his mother. He's close to Eli, the head priest, the man of God, a man who's devoted his whole life to helping people grow closer to God. And Samuel is right there near Eli, so he's in a position where he can learn, where he can grow. He's close to someone he can trust to help show him the way on this path of faith. But third is practice. Right in that very first verse we read, it says that Samuel is ministering to the Lord or practicing the spiritual life as he's been taught by Eli. It's great to come to church. It's great to pray. It's great to sing songs of faith. It's wonderful to read Scripture. It's great to be in proximity to God. And to place yourself close to someone from whom you can learn or put yourself with a group of people that can help you on your journey. But finally, if we do not practice what we've learned of faith, what we've experienced of God, we have not experienced all of God's fullness and blessing. So often I talk with people or feeling somehow separated from God or distanced from God or confused about if God cares about them and so often when they're talking to me they think it's God it's something about God and gently as I can I help them explore that maybe it's something about them right we can explore their spiritual practices and I can tell you most of the time what we find is they haven't been a great person of prayer They hadn't been seeking God's will in their life. They haven't sought out a relationship with someone else that they might could find that would help them learn or who could mentor them, who could move them along. They've been busy with other things in their lives, and now they've come to a place where they're needing more of God, and they think somehow God is far away. So I try to help explore with them what step they could take what practice they might engage in what places they might come to what routines they might develop to help them learn and sense who God is 
and where God is at work in their lives. As Christians, we affirm that God is with us throughout our lives, with each and every one of us, and that God has given every one of us gifts to use for the common good. God has not abandoned any of us. God is not absent from any of us. And yet, sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we know we're not close to God. Why is that? That is the question. You might have found yourself there. I have found myself there in seasons in my life. It's a question we all have to ask. But we know that God will help us answer the question if we begin the search. Thanks be to God. Amen.